We want to welcome you to the Bible teaching ministry of Fellowship Bible Church, where our desire is to honor God by faithful obedience to His Word. If you want to understand the Bible better, please continue to listen. You can reach us with questions or for more teaching audio and print material at our website, fbcaa.org. You can also watch our services live at fbcaa.org live. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified. Good morning. Today is the 21st of January, and I have decided that I should say Happy New Year, because I don't think I sit here to say Happy New Year to you. What I have decided to talk about today is to focus our attention to some extent in the Book of Lamentations. Now, I don't know how recently you've read or heard a message on that particular book, but it's going to take a little bit of time for us to get actually to the text that is there. I've been thinking on this for a while, and I didn't have a title for what I was going to talk about today or present, but I came up with one. Yesterday, in our men's meeting, Brother Ben Kyle here taught us, and he taught a very valuable lesson to us. And it is from that, what he taught, that I have drawn the title that I have put on my notes here. Actually, I have two versions of that title, but I have it at the top of my notes be mindful of the things of God, why it matters. Now, yesterday, our brother focused or uh, developed his teaching out of Matthew chapter 16, where we see these words that I just spoke. And in that passage in Matthew, in Chapter, what chapter is that? Uh, 16. And verses 31 to 33. I want us first to listen to these words and to consider these. And you will see as we go how this idea of being mindful of the things of God is very important. Now, I think I have copied out the verse correctly in my notes here, so I'm not going to turn it to my Bible. I'm going to read it from my printed page here. It says, From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, 
Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me or a stumbling block, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. That's what our brother left to us, that kind of summation of the teaching he gave us just today. Be mindful of the things of God. And in my title, I say, why it matters. Why it matters. The LSB for the last part of that verse says, you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. The NIV says, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Now, I think we find there a challenge, each one of us, this notion of there being two categories of things upon which we can attach our minds, our thinking, our focus, our interests. And where do the things of God come in? Where they fit in that in that fit, in that mix, in that milieu. So why be mindful of the things of God? Now, of course, if I pose that question to each of you individually, I think I wouldn't have to wait long for you to give some answers to the question of why it matters to be mindful of the things of God. In fact, I think you all could give me numerous correct answers. And that's a good thing. But I want to think about it in the context of Lamentations for a little bit. The the book of Lamentations, we understand to be written by Jeremiah. We talked a little bit from Jeremiah not too long ago when we were here. Jeremiah was known as a weeping prophet. He had a hard job to do, and he wasn't to welcome with open arms. In fact, they shut him off into a prison, shut him aside. They said, we don't want to hear. We're not interested in what you're talking about. But he had a job to do, and he was God's man for the time, and he did it. A part of what Jeremiah did was to present a prophecy of what was going to happen to Judah, of how that there were days that were coming that were going to be for them horrifying days. Days for which no nation would ever want to live through, would ever want to come their way. But Jeremiah had to tell them, this is coming your way. And there were reasons why that was happening. There were reasons for it. And so when we look at Lamentations, we see five sections 
five laments, we may call them. And we see the expressions of emotion that come as a natural result of what the present circumstances were. We see it spoken from different perspectives, from Isaiah, I mean, from Jeremiah as a person, as a nation itself, and all of that. There are a lot of details that we're not going to get into, at least not today. But I want us to think about that. And so we think about Jeremiah being the one who is pinning what we have here before us to look at. These laments reflect the trauma and the suffering, the agony and the grief of a specific time in history, in the history of Israel. Following the Babylonian captivity that occurred at about 586 BC. You know that sometimes people ask, you say, well, we're reading from these old, old texts about things that happened so many centuries ago. What matter does that have? What, what, what concern should we have about that? That's old and long past. But as we look at what we have, we understand and we see that, yes, indeed, the text and the historical event that is highlighted is very old from way in the past, but it's current. So how can it be old and yet current? How can it be old and yet contemporary? The reason is because the heart is still the same now as the hearts of people were then. And so when God said that the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things, that was a condition of the natural condition of the heart for them. It's the natural condition of the hearts of those whom we see, ourselves included. And so we have then the same patterns we see them over and over and over again is because the human nature is the same. Human nature is not advancing. Human nature is not ascending and rising to some kind of a godlike ness. That's not happening. Now some people, if you listen to them, they will tell you otherwise. They will contradict what I just said and they will give you some very beautiful flowery arguments to convince you that human nature is getting better and better and eventually we'll be gods. But it's not true. Now, the deportation of these Israelites to leave the land that God had given to them after God had a plan. One of the things that I want to emphasize as I look at this book is that God is not a God who created the world 
and then became an absentee landlord. He's not that kind of God. He never became an absentee landlord. He was involved then, and he is now. And for that reason, it's important to be mindful of the things of God. Now, I want to take a broad sweep of history and go back to our first parents in thinking about these themes of this idea. Because we learn about our first parents, Adam and Eve. It was with marvel, or is with marvel that we read what God had done in the creation of them and in creating a sphere for them to live in wherein they had everything they needed, nothing lacking, everything abundantly provided to them. And yet, they paid attention to, or shall I say were mindful of, a contrary voice. They were mindful of a contrary voice. Our title says, be mindful of the things of God. Adam and Eve had clear instructions. There was no doubt about what it was that God had said to do and not do. But they heard a contrary voice. And they were mindful of it. A contrary voice. Do we hear contrary voices to the voice of God? We hear them all the time. And sometimes we adopt some of those into our own thinking. And there are consequences to doing that. Sometimes short term, in the near, sometimes longer term. But it's an ever-present challenge to be mindful of the things of God and not merely the things of man. That's a challenge. And so because of that, putting their minds on the wrong and paying attention to the wrong voice, the contrary voice, they got the whole world into trouble. That's why we have sin now. That's why we are subject to death now, because of that beginning. And so the whole world went off the rails, the whole world. But God came to the rescue. There was a man by the name of Noah, who in his generation was a righteous man. And through this man, God came to the rescue. And then after they disembarked the vessel that had kept them safe 
during the upheaval of the earth, the multiplication began again to fill the earth. And then what happened? The world goes off the rails again and again and again. Why? Because of one thing, not being mindful to the things of God. That's what our brother was teaching us. We must be mindful of the things of God. We need to be. It's for our good and for his glory. And we ought to do that. But even with all the evil that came, God was still involved. He never put himself outside of what was going on. And so he raised up another man, a man by the name of Abraham. And he said, I'm going to do something special through this man. Do something special. I'm rescuing the people. I have something. I have a man I'm going to use for that. And so we know from Genesis chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2. Well, God said to Abraham, get you out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God to the rescue. He's mindful of his people. The people need to be mindful of him. And so the nation of Israel, God grew it. He developed it. He created it. He had a reason. He had a goal for them. A special function that they were to fulfill in God's program. In Exodus chapter 9 and verse 2, um, verse 9, verse 6a, listen to what it says. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. I'm putting this in as a preference because a holy nation is not what Jeremiah is lamenting about in the book of Lamentations. These five laments are not because Israel has presented itself and conducted itself as a holy nation. But God says, you shall be to me a kingdom, a priest, and a holy nation. Now, God had a program. He had a plan. He does still. And God never fails. And his program is always going to succeed. And he uses people in various places and times and various events. But they're all to his purposes. So that nobody can escape from God. 
And so it's best to be mindful of the things of God. So God gave fair warning to these people who were to be a holy nation. He gave them fair warning that if they were not, if they chose not to be, or if they they declined to be mindful of the things of God, God says, if you do that, this is what's going to happen. There will be consequences, he said, if you decline to be mindful of the things of God. There will be consequences. And listen to what some of those are. In Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 15, it says, But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes which I command you today, that these curses will come upon you and overtake you. So that's a promise. God has said, here's what you ought to do. You're to be a kingdom of priests. You're to be a holy nation. But if you decline to be what I want you to be, there will be consequences. Ultimately, you will be it. But between here and there, there are going to be some hard days, some difficult days, some trying days, days of grief and sorrow and, and just horrifying experiences if you don't do it. And so what do they do? They went on their way. They heard contrary voices. And they were mindful to the contrary Voices, voices contradicting what God said. And those voices they were mindful of. Voices that said, hath God said? Has God said? Posing that as a rhetorical question to imply, of course he has not. Well, Choices have consequences. And that's what God said. So we can say whatever we want. We can think whatever we want. Because you know God gives us a latitude. He gives us some latitude. And we have some measure of ability to make choices. And there are consequences that attend to choices. Now I'm going to read some from Lamentations in the first chapter. One of the things that we notice interesting about the book is that we can consider these to be poems and we talk about an acrostic. You see that here in, in this chapter. You think about the tw- uh, 12 I mean, the 22 letters or consonants of the Hebrew alphabet. And for each of these verses here in this chapter, each one started with the first all the way through. 
Each one has a, a letter of the Hebrew alphabet at the beginning of it. That's an acrostic. Sometimes we make our own acrostics when we're trying to memorize things. Like that verse of the month, uh, two verses of the month that Pastor gave us. I'm sure some of us have been working on that. I, I should ask my sister to quote that for us now. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not going to do that to you, man. <laughs> but anyway, okay. But to aid the memory is one of the uses that have, is understood to be that accompanied the acrostic uh, presentation. It could also be used just to draw, the, draw emphasis to what this content is. But we see that that way. So now before the end of the session, let's just get started reading here a little bit. This is how lonely sits the city that was full of people. Lonely. Before and after. Before they went completely off the rails, full of people. After they were off the rails, Lonely, it says. How like a widow is she who was great among the nations. Imagine the ignominy to have been at a high elevation among the nations to be brought down to be the doormat of your enemy. That's what the nation was dealing with. They had been esteemed, and now they're scorned. They had been a respectable nation, not the largest or the wealthiest, but a respected nation among nations. And they became a laughing stock. The princes among the provinces has become a slave. Think about that. How humiliating to be a prince. Reduced to a slave. A prince reduced to a mere subject. But that's what it says here. And we see a natural response. It's only natural what comes next here. She weeps bitterly in the night. That's a human response, reaction to these kinds of traumas. And so that's, that's to be expected, the weeping. Her tears are on her cheeks among all her lovers. She has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Now, tears, friends. Just think about the change of fortunes there. To think that they knew where to go to get comfort when it was needed. 
and to go to that source and get the opposite. I think that would be rather traumatizing to any person. And that's the condition the nation was in. It says Judah has gone into captivity. Captivity? They were to be a holy nation. There came a priest. But it says has gone into captivity under the affliction and hard servitude. She dwells among the nations. She finds no rest. All her persecutors overtake her in dire straits. The roads to Zion mourn. They're not going up to Zion to worship. They're not on the roads leading up to the temple to go to worship. The roads are empty. What a turn of fortune. Because no one comes to the set feast. The feast, these gatherings, where the focus was to be God, the worship of the Lord, these feasts. But it says no one comes to the feast. They had regular feasts that they did. And these were important things. And they were vital to the spiritual well-being of the people to be partakers of those and participants in those feasts. All her gates are desolate. The gates where important things were hashed out. Where the leaders came and disputes were settled. Where the life, we might might say the life of the town revolved around the gates. But it says her gates are desolate. Her priests sigh. Her virgins are afflicted. She is in bitterness. Her adversaries have become the master. How humiliating. To be brought so low. And it didn't have to be. These conditions that are so hard and harsh were the result of their choices. They were the result of what they were mindful of. It was because of a failure to be mindful of the things of God. They heard contrary voices. And they heeded those. And they attended to those. And they went right to where those voices would lead them, to destruction. And so when the beautiful flowery, contrary voices come, they don't tell you what's down at the end of the program they're trying to get you to buy into. Her adversaries in verse 5 have become the master. Her enemies prosper. And now here is where we need to pay attention. Where it says, 
for the Lord has afflicted her. And so the enemy were doing what they were doing. And they were gloating, and they were happy, and they were rejoicing because of the degradation of the Israelites. But they didn't understand that they were instruments in God's hand, that he was using them for a purpose because his people needed to be disciplined, and he rose them up to issue the discipline. They thought what they were doing was of their own accord. And it was to the extent that they exceeded the bounds that God permitted for them to do. And so they then had to be punished after. For the Lord has afflicted her because of the multitude of her transgressions. Her children have gone to captivity before the enemy. Here it is again. Because of the multitude of her transgressions. In verse 8, in the first part of it, it says, Jerusalem has sinned gravely. Therefore, her collapse was awesome. In verse 6, in Lamentations, and from the daughter of Zion, all her splendor has departed. Her princes have become like deer. They find no pasture. They fled without strength before the pursuer. In the days of her affliction and roaming, Jerusalem remembers all her pleasant things. They remember the good old days where they had an opportunity to be mindful of the things of God, and they decline. He said then, it's continuing in verse 7, when her people fell into the hand of the enemy with no one to help her, the adversaries saw her and mocked at her downfall. Jerusalem has sinned gravely. Therefore, she has become vile. All who honored her despise her because they have seen her nakedness. Imagine that. You, we see how the poet is using language to get our understanding to focus and see how awful these things are. Yes, she sighs and turns away. Her uncleanness is in her skirts. She did not consider her destiny. Therefore, her collapse was awesome. She had no comforter. And now, notice what it says here next. O oh Lord, behold my affliction. My enemy is exalted. A cry out to the Lord. That's good. Because there's no help to come from anywhere else. They used to think that they could go and get help from other nations, their allies, when they got into political or war-like problems. But now they know there's no help except to cry to the Lord. The adversary has spread his hand over her, all her pleasant things, for she has seen 
the nations enter her sanctuary, the place which, as we would say, the holy place where God is to be exalted and worshipped and praised and all of that, the center of worship. But there was a reversal. Those whom you commanded not to enter your assembly, all those nations have entered in. All her people sigh. They seek bread. They have given their valuables for food to restore life. O Lord, see, O Lord, and consider, for I am scorned. So alas, in the midst of all the degradation and all the horror and the grief and the misery and the pain, the turning to God, turning to God. And I'm going to have to stop here because I'm already over time. But the point of the message is, as our brother taught us yesterday, is to be mindful of the things of God. That's important. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the privilege you have given to us to have before us the word of God and the vivid illustration from the Israelite people of the importance and why it matters to be mindful of the things of God. Help us in our quest to do that very thing. We ask in the name of Christ our Savior with thanksgiving. Amen.